This is an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. Welcome to Civic Tea, a show where we explore the random thoughts that pop up at inconvenient times. I'm your host, Andy. Hello. And I'm Mita. Smoke weed. Hey. 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 You guys, we're going to keep this party moving. We're going to keep it moving forward. We've got some fascinating information. Yes. About Buddhism. Buddhism. Or Buddhism. I've heard people say Buddhism. Buddhism. I like Buddhism. I got strong ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fun. So we'll be talking about Buddhism. The yes. Buddha is yes. the title of the person. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so the Buddha and Buddhism. But before we do that, we didn't pick a question. Uh. Hey. Pick a random one. <laughs> pick a random one. All right. Well, <laughs> editing this out. <laughs> you don't have to. We didn't pick a question beforehand, so now we're preparing. Live. Okay. We, we haven't seen each other in so long. I've got a random one. A, a chosen. A chosen. <laughs> what number did you pick so I don't pick it? 38. You're going to love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, I got one. 32. Okay, do you want who do you want to go first? You go first. I go first. All right. Do you need like a break? What are we doing? All right, let's go back to but first, let's play a game. Okay. Reset. You say it. But first. Oh, it didn't work. Oh no. Excuse me. <laughs> but first. I want to play a game. Always. All day, every day. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'm going first. Yes, you And are. I already know what the answer is. Oh, no. But it's a fun question. And Sometimes it's fun. I hate that I'm so predictable. So oh, then, yeah. like, predictability is great. It's good. I, I'm the most predictable person I know. So, like, <laughs> you invite Andy somewhere. You know he's going to be, like, 10 to 15 minutes late. Minimum. Minimum. You also yeah. know that if you're in a public space, Andy's going to walk away. He's just going to go. Especially if, if alcohol is involved. Yeah. Tyrell just be wandering. Gone. That's my. Into that's the my. Mist. That's my ulterior. Ulterior. Uh, uh, my secondary uh, person. personality. What's that called? Alt, alter ego. There you go. That's, that's my Tyrell is my alter ego who likes to wander when he's had too many drinks. Or just in general, honestly, you'll be at like True. you'll be sober at a TJ Maxx and just I mean, yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I have things to look at. <laughs> Shiny things. That's why you're leaving. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Would you rather your only mode of transportation be a donkey? Ooh. Or a giraffe. Oh, a giraffe. I know. 100%. I randomly picked the question. But no, but then I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? You know you would ride a giraffe. Your only know if mode. I want to ride a giraffe, though. Really? That seems mean. They run fast. Yeah. They're basically long necked ponies. What are, you, what are you talking about? That's true. And then I get to have a giraffe, which is like a lifelong dream of mine. It sounds like so, a literal nightmare, but you love giraffe so much. I would have to have, like, if I had a giraffe. I would need to literally live in a forest because, like, they need food. Tall trees. (laughs) Tall, tall um, canopies. My home now has some tall trees, but, like, that's, like, (laughs) I I imagine, like, a day's worth of food for the Honestly, right? That's true. So, like, definitely would need to think about that. (laughs) So more so than a donkey. Yeah, I would donkeys have a donkey. Are cute, they are so cute, and then when they make their yeah. like laughing Eeyore, like mm-hmm. that's I do love a donker. I do too. Very cool. But just because it's a giraffe, I have to choose giraffe. Exactly. No, you you chose right. I don't know. <laughs> Mita. That's me. 
Would you rather have whatever you are thinking to appear above your head for everyone to see or have absolutely everything you do live streamed for anyone to see? Ooh, I knew you would hate this one. Every thought or every. So basically it's your thoughts versus your actions. Yes. Yeah. I'd rather, I would rather live stream what I live stream. (laughs) I would rather live stream everything I do. Okay. Because I would be in jail for my thoughts. Mm, and then yeah. it would be like the literal thought police mm-hmm. they'd be like oh you thought about doing something terrible to that person i'm like yeah he's a dick and then now i'm going to jail no 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 i'd rather <laughs> do stuff and then i'll just do normal things yes Mita brushing her teeth Mita sweeping the floors Mita crying <laughs> turn this into an only fan situation you probably could honestly, make a lot of money honestly with these hips Come on now, your subscription bare the the minimum monthly subscription would be like five dollars, right? And then you just like throw bonuses in. Yeah, it's like me to mowing the lawn. That's eh, give me an extra like give me five because that's hard work mm-hmm. and I feel like I need, <laughs> need more money. <laughs> they need more money to do physical labor. Thank you so much. Me to taking a nap. Now that's my private time. Mm-hmm. You're gonna pay about twenty five, mm-hmm. and I'm just sleeping. Yeah. That's all you're getting. Yeah. You're not gonna see like a titty or anything. I feel like <laughs> I it would be really hard. For me to sleep knowing that there's a camera on me. Mm. Like knowing that there's probably somebody right. watching me. That's true. Sleep. Oh, who was that? that uh, I was listening to that podcast. Oh, the Gainesville Ripper. Yes. He did that where he broke into an apartment and then stood there over his first victim for 10 minutes watching her sleep. That's Because she was terrifying. asleep on the couch or whatever. And I was like. Terrifying. This is unacceptable. I've literally told Kyle. Never watch me sleep because if I wake up, you will get punched in the face. Because it'll <laughs> first, of all, and, and it's not like I, w- I don't think I would do it like knowingly, but like no, you just I, wake up and choose violence. Well, I wake <laughs> up and there's just a set of eyes in my face. Mm. No, mm. no. But see, the Ripper, he stood off to the side. Yeah. So you're like asleep on the couch or the bed, and mm-hmm. then somebody's like in the doorway or like across the room or something. That's the creepiest That's thing. Terrifying. That's so creepy. He's gotta but make sure he's got to make sure you're asleep. Honestly. But if I had to pick between you knowing my thoughts or watching me sleep, I'm going to rest easy. <laughs> because you don't know. Because in here, I'm safe. <laughs> you don't need to know what I'm thinking. Well, that's like. Um, Mind your business. Okay. Weird side story before we get into Buddhism. Have you ever watched. Um, oh, Dagnabbit. Dreamcatcher. No. Oh, it's one of my favorite terrible movies, but it's a okay. Stephen King book. And I won't get into the whole premise, but there's aliens. Fucking creepy. Okay. Got a British accent. I love it. But the 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 whole storyline is something along how you've got like a like a library in your mind. Okay. And the aliens, um, they can get in, they can Ooh, read your thoughts, okay. right? They get in there, they get into yeah. your library. But there's one kid who's got like superpowers. Okay. And the alien can't get in. Uh-huh. And so they visually show it where the alien's like trying to break into like the literal, like it looks like a literal library space mm-hmm. of this man's mind, but he's on the other side of the door and the door is locked and the alien can't get in. And that's how I feel about people not reading your mind. Yeah. Same <laughs> shit, different day. You're not getting in this library. I've got a bunch of deadbolts. I fucking love Dreamcatcher. It's <laughs> terrible, but it's great. I it, it's hit or miss. People either love it or they hate it. I love it. Okay, get into it. But you gotta lock. You gotta lock your library mind. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, lock your library mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, we're having a good time. We are. We're having fun. All right, Andrew. Yes. I'm on my Christianity page, but we should talk about Buddhism. Buddhism. So. <laughs> As we said in the intro, this is the third installment of our Big Five series. We're going over all the major religions, Mm -hmm. well, the major... 
not all popular religion. We're doing like the top five. Yeah, yeah. And we're going in from in order from oldest to youngest. So this week we're going to take a peek into the religion that is Buddhism. <laughs> this faith was founded by Siddhartha. 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 Mm-hmm. Gautama. Sure. I just say Siddhartha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or the Buddha, as we called him earlier. Uh, more than tw- uh, 2,500 years ago in India. Oh, dang. So, I didn't like, realize it was that long ago. We are taking a trip back. <laughs> way, way back. <laughs> so the Buddha lived during the 5th century BC. Uh, Gautama was actually uh, a prince. And he was born into like a wealthy, well-established family. Mm-hmm. Like it was the... The dad was a religious man, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't so religious that he was like pious. He was like, I'm really religious, but I got a castle. He had multiple wives. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Buddha or Siddhartha was the child of his favorite wife. Mm. Okay. Fascinating. I know. It's a great story. I actually do (laughs) love the story of the Buddha. (laughs) So he had a a fairly easy life. Like everything was taken care of for him. Like he. Everything. Yeah. But do you know why? Why? Oh, we're gonna take it back. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna tag Why? team this story. So when Siddhartha was born, his mother died. Okay. So when he was taking his first breath, the way they tell the story is that when he was taking his first breath, his mother was taking her last. Oh. So his birth brought in suffering for his father because his mm. favorite wife died. Right. Which is probably how, why he like uh super protective and well he connects or he has empathy for those who are suffering suffering. right so when siddhartha was a little baby boy Mm -hmm. being raised by all the help because the dad's not doing it this is like come on let's be honest you got a palace absolutely you're being raised by a bunch of you have like a name a bunch of them right yeah so when he was very very little infant um a soothsayer came into the palace like a like a like a, a a person who can like foresee Mm-hmm. Tell the future. And he said, your son is going to be a great man no matter what he does. Okay. Um, but he's either going to be an incredible political leader. Okay. Or he's going to be an incredible religious leader. And oh. the dad, being a religious person who likes money, uh, was like, I want him to be an incredible political leader. I want him to have money and power and fame. Okay. I want people to love him and not worship him. Which but doesn't, to me, I don't see the correlation between that and, like, being a religious person. <laughs> right. You like, can, uh, but, but then it's like, this is the the difference. The way that the soothsayer said it was basically, if he becomes a, a politician, he's going to be very, very rich. Yeah. If he goes the religious route, he's going to go the route of a lot of, of, a lot of uh, what they call ascetics in India, okay. which are the religious wanderers okay. who are, they completely... Got it. Evacuate their entire life. You leave your family, your wife, your kids, you lose everybody, you leave everybody, mm-hmm. and you just wander around India trying to get that religious experience that teaches you whatever lessons mm-hmm. you want to learn. Which and, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But how did he get there? Exactly. Let's get into that part. So <laughs> uh he then decided at one point that he was just going to give up his like life of luxury and like his lavish lifestyle. He didn't want it anymore. But how do we get there? Mm-hmm, it does. I don't have that. <laughs> All right. Let me fill in the blank. I have a very, very like quick. Yeah. Quick overview. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Tell me how he got into it. Okay. Cause this is everything, everything, all, all the things that all the little things that he goes through in the story are the reason that he becomes the Buddha. Okay. So, uh, when he was a young adult, 
I'll say like mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had been completely sheltered his entire life. His mm-hmm. dad, when the soothsayer came by when he's an infant, he was like, "Oh no, my son's not going to be a religious person. He's only going to know positive, happy, good oh. things. He will never experience suffering." So that's why he had like a pretty easy life and everything. I mean, was taken incredibly care of easy. So yeah. the dad prevented him. He never saw death. He didn't know people died. He never saw aging. He didn't know people got old. He never wow. saw people get sick. Whenever people would get sick, they couldn't be around Siddhartha. A literal like bubble a literal bubble indigo child type of situation so he was completely removed from society he was never allowed to leave his lands he never got to go into the villages because the dad was like if he sees that people are suffering Mm -hmm. he's not he might choose the religious thing but if he never sees it he's going to turn into the politician he'll just be a great leader then i guess just my thought process of this would be how did he get to the point where he wanted to give up his his lifestyle and everything like all of his earthly possessions or whatever right to become a a religious leader to or how he like connected with people suffering right he never witnessed never witnessed it so in his mid-20s um the story goes the way i've heard it yeah was that he was like looking out of the palace and he saw one of the trails that just kind of goes off into the local villages or whatever and he had never left the grounds yeah and it was the first time in his life that he was like what's out there Okay. It's like when you see a bunch of walls, you're like, what's on the other side of that wall? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's you're not supposed to know. Very like Jasmine and Aladdin. Very. She wants like a whole new world. Whole world out there. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So uh, he ends up going on four different little excursions okay. to surrounding villages. So on the first uh, little excursion, he witnesses a person who is coughing and they're they're sitting down and they don't look well. And he asks his driver, because he's always been surrounded by, you know, his, his, healthy, his people. healthy people and his chariot driver and he's got his gold and his silks and I imagine really good spices because this is India. Um, and so he sees a sick, per- sick person and he asks the driver, he's like, who, what's wrong with that person? Why are they coughing? Yeah. Or whatever the word is for it. And he's like, oh, that person is sick. Um, none of us, no matter your income, your money, or how much you make, will ever be able to fight off sickness. You can get sick. It doesn't matter who you yeah. are. We can all we can all fall victim to sickness. Yeah. And so he went back to the palace and he kind of marinated on it. Then okay. he went on a second excursion, and that's when he saw an old, old man with a cane walking around. And he's like, why does that person look like that? Who's that? What's the bones? He got a beard. Why is everything gray? What's happening over yeah. there? And he was like, that's an old person. and Or the the, the driver was like, that's an old person. Yeah. Um, none of us are immune to aging. Every single day, you are getting older, and at some point, you will get old. And he was like, oh, okay. Didn't, didn't know about that. Never got exposure to that. Which is, like, kind of wild, because, like... How do you not see old people? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. But okay. it's like you would, wouldn't you notice that like your father's getting older? Right. That you're personally like You're not a little changing? kid anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think maybe in his, I'm assuming the way that this, I mean, obviously. He doesn't have a concept of like. Getting old. Yeah. He has a concept of aging. Yeah. He doesn't have a concept of getting old. Yeah. And like weak. Frail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah frailty. So the the third time he ventures out to, to a village area, um, he sees a corpse. Oh. And he's like, What happened? What the fuck is that? <laughs> what happened over there? And the there? driver was like, uh, That person has passed. They are dead. Uh, they are no longer here. This is the remains of their body, but their spirit has left, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And he was like, Doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, what you do. Gonna die one day. Death coming to get you, son. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was like, Okay, this is like a lot of new information. <laughs> this is like a he's lot. Like, <laughs> You know, what's every day I come out and I'm just like, this is new, you know? Yeah. The fourth and final trip, um, they okay. venture out and he sees an ascetic. 
who was a religious wanderer. Okay. So that is the, the person, I think primarily men, who would abandon their families, friends, their jobs, everything. You just, you drop everything. The person that his father does not want him to become. At the, the person that the soothsayer said, you could be this. Mm -hmm. He finally sees one because his father protected mm -hmm. him from religion, from everything. Yeah. He sees one, he says, who's that guy? He, he you know, yeah. he's unkempt. He doesn't have food. He doesn't have things. He mm -hmm. has no possessions. Um, he's silent or he's meditating, whatever it is. Yeah. And he goes, that's an ascetic. He's a religious wonder. He is on an, ex and an, on an uh, excursion, if you will, to find uh, spiritual peace or, or yeah, something. He's on a that, spiritual journey. He's on a journey. Yeah. He's on a religious journey. And so Siddhartha had never seen any of these things. <laughs> he was like, what are we talking about? And so it wasn't until um, he saw four of those things that at the age of 29, he set off on a path of discovery. And at that point, okay. he already had a wife. He already had kids. Yeah. Um, 29 years old. He was like, I'm being ascetic. Yeah. And then he... Deuced out that Deuced bitch. Out. Yeah. So then that is how we get to the point where he abandons his life of luxury and lavish lifestyle. Yep. So, <laughs> um, even though he did this, he soon realized that it didn't give him the fulfillment that he was seeking. Right, because he was doing it to the extreme. Yes. So when he first saw the ascetic, the way that you see these religious wanderers, they don't look good. You know, they're, they're living off of whatever people give them, kind of scraps and whatnot. Yeah. So usually they're very scrawny. And he said off initially, he was like, I have to I have to be full blown. No yeah. food, no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> he, I'm going in. Making up for lost time, if you will. Right. I spent 29 years not knowing about any of this mm -hmm. suffering. If I'm going to jump into this religious lifestyle, team, no sleep. Yes. Which I don't know her. Me neither. I, I love, need, I need I love a good nap. Me, I'm, <laughs> I'm like fantasizing about sleeping tonight. Like, That's I, right. I'm like, go take a shower. Yeah, yeah, I was going to do a mud mask yeah. or something. Yeah. Very nice. So this is when he uh, began promoting the belief of what is called the middle way. Yep. Which means to exist between two extremes. So he already had like the one extreme where he was like extremely socially well off. Right. And then on the other side, he like flipped the switch and he was like, I'm poor now. Yeah. So the way that the words that they use Living in the in book. Living in poverty. Yeah. The way that they listen in the book was he went from hedonism, mm -hmm. which is the, my my little phrase for hedonism is, bitch, eat all the cake. Like yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, eating yeah, all yeah. the cake. You're doing all the drugs. You're banging all the people. You're having a good time. Yeah. Right. Drugs. Yeah. And then the opposite of that is asceticism, okay. which is the religious nomad of nothing. You own yeah. nothing. You have nothing. You you are just existing. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, we got to meet the middle. Literally. I like food and naps. That's literally what he said. <laughs> he was like, I need sleep and I need food, but just enough yeah. to survive. Which it's essentially. It's like middle class. He wants to be like. Everything's taken care of, but mm -hmm. then he he also doesn't have an abundance of anything. Right. But then this also ties into a concept in Buddhism, which is essentially moderation, mm -hmm. right? To go from yes. the extremes of excess to absolutely nothing. And he's like, we're going we gonna to be mm -hmm. made right in the middle. You want to eat food. Yes. But you don't want to eat the whole cake. Yes. Now I will, but you're not supposed to, you know? <laughs> and when you sleep, you're not supposed to sleep for four days. You're supposed to sleep for like eight to 10 hours, yes. depending on your brain. Yes. So he was like, we have to find, it's about moderation. It's about not, you don't want to limit yourself completely, yeah. but you can't lose your shit. You're going to OD in a bathroom. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Like do a line of cocaine, not a bowl of cocaine. Right. And only like once in a blue new yeah. moon, not every day. Wow. We're talking about drugs. <laughs> so but that's what the Buddha was talking about. So after six years of searching, Buddhists believe that Gautama found enlightenment one day while meditating beneath a Bodhi tree. For 49 days. Yes. <laughs> 
And it was at that moment, like he would spend the rest of his life, like he found enlightenment Mm -hmm. and he spent the rest of his life trying to teach others how to reach that level of spiritual actualization. Yeah. So he, he meditated under the Bodhi tree for 49 days. In that time he was tempted by the demon Mara. Because she came in and she was like, wait a minute. A little titty well, shake. She gave you a titty shake and she was like, well, temptation, you want this? You like what I'm serving and over he here? Was like, nah, He's like, no, thank you. I'm trying to find enlightenment. And she was like, well, I got like a whole bunch of curry over here. I got like <laughs> some turkey. Right. We got some, some naan. We got some curry. Absolutely. We got some basmati some rice. Hummus. Oh, throw it in there. You know what I'm saying? We got all the yeah. delicious fragrances. We got big titty girls. We got little titty girls. What'd you like? You have your pick. And he was like, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm on a path for enlightenment. And so after 49 days, he 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 figures it out, mm-hmm. figures it out. Mm-hmm. And then for a couple of weeks, he, he was like, I figured it out by myself. Therefore, other people can figure it out for themselves as well. Not always the case. But then he did a he did a silence kind of meditation where he walked mm-hmm. around, didn't say any words, just kind of stayed internal. And he realized that his his role now is to, to, to find a quick, easy, dirty way to say, this is how I got there. Here's how you can get there, too. Yeah. He said he couldn't couldn't do it he couldn't just assume people would do the exact same thing they wouldn't take the extremes i mean you could almost draw a parallel between what he did and essentially being a shepherd watching over his flock yeah like he was like oh they're not gonna get to the water by themselves i have to lead them to the water you gotta lead them to water but you can't make them drink no you can't that's the the saying is that the word Mm -hmm. i think it's (laughs) you can lead a horse to water but you can't make you can't lead nobody to water and Mm -hmm. make them drink yeah exactly so Let's see here. In the third century BC, uh, Ashoka the Great, the Mauryan Indian emperor, made Buddhism the state religion of India. Oh, dang. Uh, Buddhist monasteries were built and missionary work was encouraged throughout the state. Definitely. Um, Over the next few centuries... We said it. (laughs) Buddhism began to spread beyond India, and the thoughts and philosophies of Buddhists became very diverse with some followers interpreting ideas differently than others, which I feel like always happens. We're humans. We we see that in, we saw it in Judaism, Mm -hmm. um, saw it in Hinduism, Mm -hmm. how that's evolved as well. Uh, It's always going to be how you interpret the words that you're receiving or the message that you're receiving. Right. So enlightenment to one person can mean one thing and it can mean something completely different to another person. Right. Right. Like, <clears throat> and that's why in most of these religions, you have some kind of a leader, yeah. some kind of religious uh, authority. Yeah. To says, guide you through the process. Well, when, you know, when they say this, what they're trying to say is mm-hmm. do or don't do this. You know, yeah. it's like you got to have that. You got to have those book club meetings. You got to you, you got to go to Bible study. Sometimes you need an interpreter. You got like... to sometimes because then you got 47 <laughs> versions of Christianity and one of yes. them's trying to poison the water supply. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> How did we get here? Yes. <laughs> so. In the 6th century, that is actually when the Huns invaded India. Oh, damn. And they ended up destroying hundreds of Buddhist monasteries. But thankfully, the intruders were eventually driven out of the country. India is a fascinating region of the world because it it technically... has never been in the hands of anybody in particular for too long. Like, people try to go in and conquer it. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's like, I think it's, one, it's massive. Oh, God. It's It's a a subcontinent. (laughs) Yeah. It's a subcontinent. So it's like. Big ass fucking continent. (laughs) Like, somebody will go in and try to take over, like, the northern tip. But then it's like, you still have all of this other, like, the rest of the the country that's, like, untouched because. Are we not part of the They don't even. 
know who you are. Right. And then there's like they didn't even hundreds know. of like cultures yeah. and traditions. It's it's so yeah. complex, beautiful, mm-hmm. so complex. But that was that was one of the problems was be it was so big that yeah. there was no conqueror or a group of people that was ever able to go in and claim it all for like permanent. Yeah. 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 They're like the Texas of the global. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait a minute. We do what we want. Yeah. We can leave at any moment. Exactly. <laughs> uh, when Gautama passed away around 438 BC. Okay. Uh, his followers began to organize a religious moment, a moment, a religious <laughs> moment, just a moment, a uh, movement. <laughs> Buddha's teachings of enlightenment became the foundation for what would later develop into like Buddhism as we know it today. Like common, like modern yeah. Buddhism. Okay. And throughout the world, there are three main types of Buddhism that exist. There is uh, Theravada mm-hmm. Buddhism, which is prevalent in Thailand, Sri Lanka, Cambodia, Laos, and Burma. Okay. We have Mahayana. <laughs> sure Mahayana. Is. Yep. Uh, Buddhism, which is prevalent in China, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, Singapore, and Vietnam. Oh, so you have like the island versus the mainland? Mm-hmm. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Tibetan Buddhism, which oh, yeah. is prevalent in Tibet, Nepal, <laughs> Mongolia, Bhutan, parts of Russia, and northern India. Okay, that makes sense. So <laughs> each of these types reveres certain texts and has slightly different interpretations of Buddha's teachings. Always. Always, always. And there are also like other like subsects of Buddhism, including Zen Buddhism and then Nirvana Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And then some forms of Buddhism incorporate ideas of other religions and philosophies such as Taoism and Bon. Right. So uh-huh. things obviously It's it's complicated. It's like how Buddhism like kind of stemmed from Hinduism. Right. Uh, Hinduism, Taoism, Taoism. There's another J one, like Jain, Jainism, 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 Jain. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. They're all, they're all holding hands. Yes. They're all holding hands. It's literally (laughs) somebody interpreted the religion, but then they kind of took it in like a little further left or right than like the other ones did. So then they're like, that's not really Buddhism anymore. So let's just call it something else. Yeah, it's like they. I don't know. Somebody took it and they just added a little, a little flair to they it. Added a little, <laughs> a little extra Thai chili, you know, a little, a little extra red pepper flake to this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So that is the story of of Buddhism the and spread, kind of where it's at today. All right. So I have the the kind of if you've been listening to our religion series i kind of have the problem and solution yes um so just so y'all know uh my reference book is let me scroll to the top god is not one the eight rival religions that run the world and why their differences matter okay by professor stephen prothero so (laughs) so when uh siddhartha figured out that he had to figure out a way to teach how to how to find mm-hmm. enlightenment he was like yeah, i figured i gotta i need something easy yeah because humans are overly complicated i need something that's just like a quick three four steps of just like pit, yeah. pat, poo, nirvana so he gives you the four <laughs> noble truths okay and these are your first steps to your next eight steps of how to get <laughs> to your nirvana huh. so you got to hit these four boom 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 and then it opens up your mind Talk to about everything steps, else. My mind immediately went to Scientology. Girl. I know. Everybody loves a good step. Everybody loves a step. So the first of the four noble truths is life is marked by suffering. Okay. He's hitting you with the facts and figures. Yeah. First of all, life is marked by su- with suffering, right? Yeah. 
But, and this is the second one, suffering has an origin. Okay. Right? Facts are facts, America. Therefore, and this is the third, right, in the world. (laughs) Therefore, and this is the third one, suffering can be eliminated. Because if it has an origin. I'm hearing nothing but but truth. He's hitting you with the facts. He said, let me give you three quick ones. Yeah. All life is suffering, but suffering has an origin. Therefore, it can be eliminated. And the way you eliminated the path to end suffering is the noble eightfold path. Of enlightenment. And that's when I stopped writing the list. So next would be the noble eightfold. I'm going to cut it off there. You got four noble truths. If you can accept that life is suffering and it has an origin and that you can then eliminate it, you're on your way, man. Yeah, yeah, You're on your way. So this ties into the problem and the solution. If you guys did your homework and you listened to the Hinduism podcast... (laughs) then you'll know that in hinduism we talked about the problem being samsara which is the constant cycle of rebirth yes and i think the way that i referenced it was a oh no not again literally i'm not being born again literally (laughs) and your whole end goal with hinduism is you want to end that cycle with release yes which is moksha Yes. Which means release from Thank the Thank you for saying the words, because I was like, <laughs> I don't remember the words, but I know we talked about it. We're keeping it. your homework. We're keeping, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're linking all I of our I remember the main bullet points. Right. So life is suffering. It's constant rebirth. You're like, please mm-hmm. don't. I don't want to do this again. So you want to get moksha, which is a release from it. In Buddhism, they are very specific as to why samsara sucks, right? Okay. So in Hinduism, they say the cycle sucks. You want to get out of the cycle. Yeah. In Buddhism, they say the cycle sucks and it's vicious. But it sucks because life is full of suffering. There's a oh. reason why it sucks. Therefore, the fix is nirvana. Okay. And nirvana literally means blowing out, like the way you would blow out a candle mm-hmm. or something like that, a.k.a. extinguishing suffering. Oh. Isn't this fun? Isn't this fun yeah. how you learn how words come together? Interesting. So if you know that all life is suffering... Mm -hmm. And you know that it has an origin and therefore it can be eliminated. That means that there are paths to to nirvana. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go over a couple of the the ones that were listed in the book. I know there's a lot more, Mm -hmm. but these are the more common ones. So firstly, you have chanting. Okay. And a lot of people have been to Buddhist temples. Maybe you've seen something Mm -hmm. where you see people chanting. Mm -hmm. Chanting is an incredible way to get into like a meditative state. Another one is sitting. Okay. Just sitting down. Okay. Have a seat. Just having a seat. Just Sit the fuck down. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you need to calm down. Sit down. Another one is visualization. Okay. Which kids are really good at. And we all lose that power as we get older mm-hmm. and older. But it's really nice to just sit down and like visualize mm-hmm. what is the ending of suffering for you? And how would you end your suffering? And da, 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 da. You just think about it. You yeah. Sit, you think? Maybe you chant. Maybe you throw them all together. Yeah. You never know. The next one I actually really like, and I don't know the words, so I'm going to call them koans. Okay. K-O-A-N-S. So it's either cones or koans. Okay. I don't like cones. So I'm I don't either. Koans. That sounds more right. So koans are what it's it's the process of puzzling over mind benders. Okay. And according to Google, it is quote a question or succinct paradoxical statement posed to a student to help them seek the truth. Okay. So it's a question that makes you think. Okay. Right. So a really common one that everybody knows, but might not know that this is a type of koan is when both hands are clapped, a sound is produced. Okay. Listen to the sound of one hand clapping. Oh. So when you're sitting and you're visualizing. Yeah. And now you got a puzzle. Yeah. Now you're just sitting and thinking about a puzzle. Now I'm just sitting and thinking about one somebody hand clapping. just going like. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sound of one hand clapping? It's like a, woof, woof, woof. <laughs> it's like a, a wing. 
See, I was the little kid who was an asshole, and I was like, oh. But that's not it. But you're right, though. <laughs> that's one hand clapping. It is. Right? It's a sound. ASMR. You're yeah. Welcome. But that's not that's that's not it either. <laughs> mm. However, the last and most common method for reaching nirvana, which is something that I personally practice and work on a little bit every single day, is good old-fashioned meditation. Yeah. Um, which is sitting and sometimes visualizing mm -hmm. and occasionally chanting. Sometimes you got a puzzle. So yeah. it kind of combines all of them depending on how you meditate. Um, and so the way that they listed in the book is the reason meditation can lead you to nirvana is because, quote, in our purpose-driven culture, doing nothing can be really hard. True. And it's really funny because I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, just sit down, take five minutes, meditate. And they're like, oh, my God, I had to sit in silence and like breathe for a minute. And I'm like, yeah, you got 60 seconds to like take a deep breath and release your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And people, especially Americans, freak the fuck out. Y'all cannot sit the fuck down. You it's can. the reason that you're shooting up we gay can. clubs and garlic festivals because you can't sit the fuck down and be with your thoughts. And then you wonder why life is full of suffering because you can't be idle for five minutes. True. Try it, y'all. Try it sometime. Now, the most common um, form uh, or one common form of meditation that's really good for Buddhism is called metta, M-E-T-T-A. Okay. A.K.A. it's known as uh, loving kindness meditation. Okay. Which is essentially... To love without attach attachment or expectation of return. Okay. Which is something also that a lot of people struggle with. If you've ever heard of people who are in polyamorous type of relationships, people mm -hmm. have this idea what's like, how can you love multiple people? You can only have so much love. But love is uh, without limit. Yeah. So you can love wholeheartedly. Yeah. But you will not experience true love until you realize that you don't have to have it in return because the first thing you have to love openly and committedly with absolutely no limitations is your mother fucking self. I mean, RuPaul's been telling us for over a decade. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Buddhism. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh yeah that's how you get to nirvana and uh, i'm personally working on my meta meditations nice i don't like it it is hard it's a very big, big of a struggle honestly yeah but it is uh your life does change when you learn to sit the fuck down so i highly recommend it and if you guys it's have true. any questions i'm please. not there yet i i wish somebody i wish I you would join be, me I for a 60 be, second i have to be busy and that's the problem. Yeah. Because you're trying to mm -hmm. uh, essentially what a lot of people believe Buddhism or otherwise outside because mm -hmm. I medit I meditate, but outside of I'm not Buddhist. So yeah. this is just me. Um, when you're always busy, because I am a type A perfectionist, mm -hmm. when you're always doing shit, I gotta I gotta clean the house, I gotta walk the dog, I gotta get the oil change, I gotta record the podcast, I gotta drive over mm -hmm. here, I gotta get gas, I gotta go to the grocery store. Um, you're not actually uh like aware or focusing on your life as it is. You're just yeah. you're just kind of floating through this mist. Uh-oh. You're kind of floating through this mist of life yeah but when you sit down 60 seconds that's how i started 60 i set a timer i said you got 60 seconds you got six and you seconds. sit down and you just like focus on the air coming in and out of your nostrils yeah all of a sudden it's like you've been aware of 60 seconds of your life and mm -hmm. then you also immediately become aware of how much you've been wasting your life mm -hmm. and how you're not living in the present moment mm. and it gets kind of weird when you realize how much time has passed and you really didn't enjoy it or like soak it in mm -hmm. and like be mindful of that moment. Yeah. And you only focus on the suffering. Yeah. And then in those moments when you when you have that reflective moment to yourself, that's when you get to it's kind of a release from suffering. It honestly is for me personally, it's like 60 seconds of like not suffering because in that moment all I am is alive. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking nice <laughs> when you think about it. So Absolutely. everybody get into it. Get not Buddhism. It. Get into something where you just realize 
You gotta take a little time for you. Be idle. Sit the fuck down. I don't know because turn off the TV, turn off the video games, Mama, turn off your screens. Mama said that the idle hands are the devil's handiwork. So, but you're not. They're idle because when you're doing when you're doing nothing, then what is that movie? Is that movie Just Idle being Hands? A smart ass. Have you ever seen that movie though? <laughs> no. Oh, we gotta watch Idle Hands. What is his name? Uh, I'm gonna say JoJo Siwa, and that's the girl from YouTube. Uh, literally was a line from a Leanne Rhyme song called Nothing Better to Do. Oh, so there's a movie called Idle Hands, uh-huh. but it's literally his hand becomes uh, taken over by a demon and it starts killing people. Oh, it's a great little trash, little funny, little horror movie. I'll have to find it. We'll have to watch uh, it sometime. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's not Idle Hands. It's um, acknowledgement of like a moment. It's not yeah. Idle Hands. That's Catholics. That's you trying to guilt me into sitting the fuck down. And I will not be guilted into sitting and not sitting down. I'm sitting down. Good old down. Catholic guilt. Gets you every time. <laughs> right? That's why you can't sit down for five minutes. You can't sit in that chair for five minutes and just be like, look at life. Look at my beautiful home and my partner and my dog. I got all this whiskey. No. no. You got to keep doing stuff. Get out of your heads, America and the rest of the world. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Sip and Tea. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sip and Tea 303. And if you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at MVP Andy. And I'm at uh, Black Girl Jeeping. This is my sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. You can find our bi-weekly podcasts on all major podcast platforms. All of them. Podcast. Podcast platform. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Is that YouTube? I don't know. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.